What's going on guys and welcome back to the Bridging the Gap podcast. Welcome back. Uh, we are here with the Q&A. We have not done a Q&A type podcast ever. Um, so I asked out on my Instagram, at Josh Bridgman on Instagram by the way. Um, I just put out one of those little boxes where they type in the question. So I will now go through them all um, and I will make sure that I answer these to the best of my ability um, and of an unbiased opinion. So, Mills Meister, Mills Mister, Mills Meister, I reckon. Do you have an athletic background in sports? Um, so, I always played sports when I was younger. I was always an active person. Um, I really do think that the kind of childhood that you have has a big impact on on your health for the later life, you know. So, obviously, having that routine of training a lot, like I did loads of swimming, loads of athletics, loads of football, rugby. I played, uh, like, Cheltenham Town about to sign a contract with football. I played Gloucester Gloucester uh, Academy, um, so I played like quite a high level. So I've I've always been into a training background, um, and I think that had a big impact on what I wanted to do in my later life. I could never not be active, um, and I think I think just doing different sports improves your coordination, which just improves your ability to to do things all things physical. Um, so if you do have kids out there and they're not sporty, at least find them a physical activity, you know, something that they know they can be active, because it's very, very important to stay active uh, for general health and well-being. Uh, Hip thrusts for glutes overrated. Um, I honestly rate uh, hip thrusts. I'm a big fan of hip thrusts. Anything that you're hip hinging is a must in any bodybuilding program, especially for women. Um, If you're trying to build those glutes, you want to be hip hinging, you know, nearly every workout, depending on how you're balancing your frequency and volume. Um, but generally speaking, hip press is a great move. It's a mo- multi-joint movement as well. Um, and you can load quite heavy and load lo- load the glutes in their shortest range of motion. Um, or their shortest contraction, sorry. Uh, which makes for a very good contraction, a very solid contraction. So I'm a fan of it. I'm also a fan of like banded versions of it. So like if you, if you imagine yourself in the hip thrust position, you have a band from, from one side over your hips to the front side. So it adds more tension at the top to add more to the glute. Um, same thing with like a stiff leg. I like to add a band on there as well, just to, to add more tension onto that glute. Glutes are always undertrained uh, for most people. Is it possible to retain a hundred percent of muscle tissue whilst doing a cut, and not getting silly shredded? I would maybe maybe not a hundred percent, but I wouldn't say a hundred percent for anything. You know, really not even gear. I would say a hundred percent, but I'd definitely say you can make a you could save a lot of it. Um, and by being being methodical methodical in your pull downs, taking a diet break if you need to, you can savor a lot of it, you know. But you've got to be training hard with it for sure as well. Uh, keep that stimulus there. Tips on how to sleep all the way through the night uh, from Bill Wright. So this is one of my clients actually. So shout out to you. One of the things um, that I changed that helped my sleep uh, more than anything was being. Uh, better, what's the word, have a better mineral balance, a better electrolyte balance is the word that I'm looking for, um, so I've actually started this this new potassium kick, um, and I bought some low salt, L-O salt, um, it's basically 66% less salt, uh, and 66% more potassium, so there's a lot more potassium in there, um, as well as salt, so I just put, add that to my meals, and it actually helps my electrolyte balance, which doesn't make me need to pee as much. Um, I also set myself up for a good night's sleep. I just when my body's gone, it's completely gone. Um, so little things like just going to sleep at the same time. Routine is your friend when it comes to sleep. Going to sleep at the same time, waking up at the same time, 
um, and, and doing that for a few weeks before your body learns that your body thinks okay this is what I need to do um, in, in order to continue to, to sleep optimally generally speaking we work on sleep cycles these can be anywhere from 60 to like 90 minutes two hours maybe um, and you want to get through at least four or five a night um, sleep cycles generally you go from like an almost awake status into your REM sleep into your deep sleep and then you wave back up and you, you kind of wave through the night into different phases of sleep um, so generally speaking you want to make sure that you're spending a good good amount of time in both of them um, and, and unbroken sleep can just pull you straight out of a deep sleep and, and pull you straight out of a out of a, 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 a REM sleep um, generally speaking I try and not drink so much water before bed um, I do drink with my last meal which is about an hour and a half before bed um, I then kind of give myself a little bit of time to, to you know go to the toilet before, before sleeping um, but I won't be like drinking water until I go to sleep because you know, there's nothing worse than having to wake up to go for, to the toilet and if you don't if your room's not close to the toilet luckily at my girlfriend's house I can just do the shuffle if anyone's done the sleep shuffle where your eyes aren't even open you just know the room so well and you just shuffle along the floor so you don't bang your feet I could do that at my girlfriend's house, but at home, I've got to go out my room, around a corner, around another corner, and into another door, so it's less shuffle. I can still I can still manage to shuffle, but less so, and that's not what you want to do in the middle of a sleep. Um, so yeah, like work on work on maybe your electrolytes, work on maybe not drinking so much before, before sleep if you're waking up to go to the toilet. Um, and if it's not that, you, I think it's looking into lifestyle factors. Is there any supplements that we can help to just bring into a parasympathetic state? Obviously, I talked about autonomic nervous system a little bit on a, on a few podcasts ago, um, and we know that parasympathetic state is where we're relaxed, where we digest our digestion is is down regulated a little bit. Blood goes to other extremities for for recovery. You want to essentially put yourself into that. So things like having a nice warm bath before bed, so that helps you regulate your temperature when you go to sleep. Sleeping in a cool room because obviously we know we need to cool down for when you need to sleep. Taking things like ashwagandha in the evening can help you come into a calm state. Um, CBD as well, ashwagandha and CBD together are quite good um, and general little things like that but assess the routine first first and foremost, then the electrolytes um, as they're just like inexpensive and then you can look down the supplement route um, and if anything like that it's going to help you there Thoughts on the IFBB Natural League slash shows um, I think it's going to be very difficult for IFBB to compete with the current natural shows. They've been around solely for natural athletes for so long. They have such a good reputation with natural athletes. I mean, I don't really know what the IFBB offer um, in terms of prize money, in terms of overall award. I mean, assuming they're probably going to have a natural Olympia eventually. Um, like, it's good. You know, whatever. The more the, more the better for natural people, um, as it is always... A small industry versus steroids these days um but uh, someone asked me the other day like how do i feel about it obviously starting steroids so i was to be an ifbb pro as obviously my goal was to be that ifbb pro um i needed to take steroids for that but obviously they're gonna have ifbb natural pro i think at the end of the day my goal was above what is possible natural um i've always idolized the physiques of of, of the old guys brendia um you know sadik even like Arnie and, and people like that. Like that that's the goal. That's that's the physique that I want. Um and, and I know the prize that I've got in my head. You know what I've got to get, you know, to that Olympia. And I think regardless of if if there's a natural one or not, I would get less satisfaction out of doing it naturally. That's just for me personally. I've been natural for so so long. I know what I'm what I'm able to comp what com to compete at. I am not in the elite, elite, elite genetics of the natural bodybuilders. 
um, or bodybuilders to say. Um, so I think the assistance of steroids is really going to help, and my hard work is going to is going to put down tissue to rival those big boys. So that's how I feel about it. I went on a tangent. What are the effects of chewing gum on gut health digestion? I don't know, but I would speculate that anything with artificial artificial sweeteners in there can cause an effect. Um, not everyone. More people are more sensitive than others. I'm pretty I'm pretty good stomach wise these days. Um, but it's probably because I eat pretty clean, though. You know, if you, if you eat constant shit, odds are your stomach is going to be going to be pretty bad. But in terms of specifically chewing gum, I'm honestly not sure. Glutathione worth getting as a general thing to take alongside vitamins. Um, honestly, if you've got the money, yeah, for sure. Um, if not, then no. Um, supplements are supplements to a diet, so you can actually accrue um, glutathione naturally. You can get it. In, you can get it in things like Brussels sprouts. They contain a lot of glutathione. But obviously, if you don't react well with Brussels sprouts and you fart a lot, it's not going to be ideal either. Uh, but like a quick Google, you could find loads of foods with glutathione in it. But if you've got the uh, if you've got the spare money, if you've got the yeah, if you've got the spare money, buy it. Um, I think it's a really really good product. It's one of our most powerful antioxidants the human body has. Um, I think it's less important if you're natural, but also just as important as. Uh, taking any other antioxidants, you know, it's going to be a stronger antioxidant than eating, eating your raspberries and things like that. So, try and get most of it from your diet, and then maybe supplement a little bit. And you could then you don't have to supplement it as frequently or buy it as much. I think I think I my, my one, the little the liposomal one from Supplement Needs is like forty pound. I think you can get di- I can get a discount on it for Josh ten discount on on inside supplements. Hashtag plug, um, and I take that like twice a week. And, that, and that's enough to keep my stores up, um, having having had my GGVT t- t- tested. Um, so that literally lasts me like two, three months, which is pretty good. How important is posing in bodybuilding physique? Very important. It's more important in... No, it's just very important. It's very important. If you look like a statue on stage and you can't walk, you can't move, you're going to stand out like a sore thumb. If you can't present your physique, you're going to stand out like a sore thumb. So it's very, very in, in, important. How do I inject in the Wreckers Femoral? Uh, Rectus Femoris? Which direction do I need to go from? I don't know where that muscle is, however, or if that is a muscle even. I think, do you mean Rectus Femoris? I think that is in the leg somewhere. Um, But with any injection, you need to come in perpendicular to it. So, say you're looking at your quad right now, you would just come in straight from the side, so it makes like a right angle. Same for the delt, same for the glute. You want to come straight, straight onto it, um, and just come straight through that subcutaneous fat in one go, um, so you won't get any pain, and then just go straight in. But in terms of your leg, there's like a, there's, I think, I think maybe, I hope you're talking about your leg. If I'm not, then I'm sorry. But there's like a little rectangular shape down the side of your leg along that long um, vastus medialis. So if you you can actually just Google leg injection and it would just come up with where exactly where it is. Things to do before you compete: finding coaches, competitions, federations. So uh, you need to understand. I think before even that, you need to understand: do you have the muscle to compete? If yes, okay, great, you're in a good position. Put yourself into the position where you can lose eight to twelve kilos and be stage ready. If you need to lose more than that, I think you need to go on a mini cut then a maintenance phase. But let's say that you've got all that in place. Um, and you're ready. If you've got the knowledge, go for it. You know, yes, it can be a head fuck, but you can definitely coach yourself. I know some amazing people who have coached themselves, um, and I'm pretty confident I can coach myself. I just prefer to have that person there. 
Um, so maybe not worry about coach. If you do need a coach and you think you're you're not, you don't know about peak weeks, you don't know about when to refeed, if you don't know about when to, you know, add cardio in, you need a coach because it will fuck you up if you just if you just fuck around and do too too much for too little for too much time or you don't get in lean enough. You know, I think it'd probably be best to do it with a coach. In terms of competitions, natural on gear, natural. There's these ones federations. Um, not, uh, if you're on gear, there's these ones. Easy, you just Google it. Um, uh, in terms of everything else, you know, the coach will take care of the rest of it. Um, give yourself enough time is my main advice. Give yourself enough time. Upper lower split and things to consider. Uh, you need to fit, consider fatigue. Upper is a lot if you're doing a lot of big compounds. You know, compound for your back, compound for your shoulders, compound for your chest. Um, you will get fatigued. Your central nervous system will get fatigued. So managing that fatigue, managing that spinal loading, if you're loading up on upper and and lower, you know, if you're doing upper lower, upper lower four times a week, that's four spinal loads a week. Um, so you have got to be careful in that in that matter. You got to be careful not to do too much volume sessions to be too long. You got to make sure you're resting, um, and that's pretty much it. I replace some carb to fat on non-training day. Cows are the same, but significantly gain fat. Why? I have no idea um that should not that won't have happened you wouldn't have gained fat significantly sorry for that poor answer uh, see your humbine everywhere on youtube now is it really what they say it is also what doe should so your humbine is from a uh, a tree bark and and it does have some lipolysis effects which essentially just means it can help burn fat um specifically like stubborn fat so if a guy's around the glutes lower back it is natural i think you're allowed to use it in natural competitions i didn't actually realize you were um i would, I would dose it at 0.2 grams per kilogram um, i have a few of my clients who use your hymn mine currently as that during their cutting phases you want to use it fasted preferably with caffeine um, the reason why we do it fasted is because as soon as you introduce glycogen carbohydrates you negate the effects of your hymn mine completely um, so you need to be careful there um and yeah, it's just going to help you move that little bit of fat. Um, it's, it's hard to put a quantity on it. Like I couldn't say it gives you 5% extra because you can never you can never do that, you know. But, but it's going to help, you know. It's going gonna, it's gonna to savor your libido for that little bit longer. Um, it's going to help you burn a little bit more fat. But at the end of the day, nothing will work better than hard work and nailing those foundations. You know, you can throw all the year him by night, you in the world. And if you're not in a calorie deficit, ain't shit going to happen. Um, so be careful. Whose physique do you think you will rival after getting stage lean post-cycle? Um, I don't really know. I feel like I have a pretty unique physique. I don't see many people with my <coughs> with my height, um, with the shape that I've got. I feel like I've got like a long torso. And I think that if I can fill out the the upper body, I can really have that. Like, like obviously, Jem Jeremy Buendia has got like a really long torso. And he's got mad muscle bellies that fill out the upper body, that chest, those delts, those arms. Obviously, I don't have those muscle bellies, but if I can pack that muscle in, you know, I feel like I could resemble. I could resemble something very nice. I'm not going to resemble anyone. I'm going to be myself. Fuck it. Uh, I don't really look like anyone. No one really looks like me. The same for everyone else, you know. No one really looks like each other um, to a certain extent. How many exercises do you do per workout? How many on each area? Oh, it's too difficult to say. I probably do three, two to four exercises, depending on the movement, depending on the muscle. 
how many on each area. I do I do like two sets each one, um, and that's pretty much it. Will you see other competitors as rivals, following progress, or just focus on yourself? Um, I will probably check people out to a certain extent. It's uh, it's difficult. I've not checked people out in terms of competitors for a good couple of years. Because um, obviously not competed for a couple of years. But yeah, I think I'll probably check people out, see what I'm up against. At the end of the day, it's me against them. I know a lot of people say it's you v you, but I'm fucking going for the pro card, which means I'm against other people. So I want to know what they look like. I want to know what they're bringing. Does it affect what I'm doing? Yeah, it does. It makes me more motivated. It makes me work harder. Um, if I see people working hard, it makes me go harder. Um, so yeah, I, I'm not I'm not someone who's going to shy away and say... I'm not saying it's shying away. I'm saying I'm not going to shy away from saying um, it's me versus other people. You know, let's go, let's go do battle. You know, I miss that competitiveness about like rugby and things. What are your daily health ups for general health, specifically since AAS? All right, I'm going to bring up a list on my phone. I'm going to read out the list. I've put this list up on my YouTube. I've also. I've also put this list on my Instagram. I'm now going to talk about it here. I'm going to read through it very quickly and I'm going to highlight which ones are specifically for um, steroids. So liposomal curcumin and resveratrol. That's for inflammation. Liposomal glutathione, antioxidant, mm, part because of gear. Support max, liver, heart health, um, any other organs. That is specifically for gear. It's like cycle support max. Omegas, curcumin, uh, CBD, zinc, Zinc pic- picolinate, picolinate, nutrient magnesium glycinate, um, vitamin D, vitamin E, thorn basic supplements, now foods probiotics, now foods super enzyme. Um, and that is the end of my list. I have a few other things that I've not put on there. I have not updated that list, but that's pretty much it. Um, only a few things specifically because of gear. Um, the rest of it that comes in like diet and things like that. What festivals are you attending? I'm not. I'm just going to Lost in the Docks um, in March 22nd. Outside of the pros, who motivates you in the industry? Um, people making business moves, you know. Like, I, I I, still love, well, I don't follow him or watch him anymore, but, like, I still love Guzman. Like, he's a millionaire because of this industry, you know. He is a workhorse. He's worked hard. He's earned every single bit that he's done. I've, I've followed him since he had, you know, nothing. He was in his university room. So he still motivates me a lot. Um, but also other people who are making very, very smart business moves and not selling out to that bullshit. Um, like, I rate TM Cycles for what he's doing. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Um, he's the boy, of course, but actually I came to him first as a fan, and I'm still a fan. Um, the way that he has built his empire and is building his empire is very, very clever, um, and I like to emulate a lot of what he does because, you know, he's just one of my idols, and that's what happens, isn't it? Like, you want to You want to be like them. Um, and emulate parts of them uh, while giving them your own twist on the story um, I feel but other than that hard I get motivated by other people not in fitness at the moment do you incorporate much abs into your training program do you just naturally maintain good abs anyway I don't but I should and I'm going to start as of next week as of you asking me this question every other day is what I'm going to be doing every other training day is what I'm going to be doing how do you manage to smoke weed and bodybuild without feeling sluggish, tired when training? Um, don't be a pussy, man. Uh, nah, dude, I've been smoking for like nine years, uh, eight years, so I'm used to it. Like, if you don't, if you smoke irregularly, then you go smoke and train. Like, yeah, you're, gonna, you're not going to feel normal, but if you do it regularly, then it's fine. I don't smoke anywhere near my workout anymore. 
I don't even smoke until the very late evening now, um, like 8, 9 p.m. And I'll smoke half of a joint, then I'll eat my last meal, then I'll smoke the other half of the joint. So way less than like six, seven joints a day. Um, why occlusion training and do you do it on legs as well? Yeah, I do it on legs. Yeah, I do it on arms. Occlusion training is essentially blood flow restriction training. So you stop blood uh, leaving... Yeah, you stop blood leaving the muscle, but you keep blood coming into the muscle. So if you're doing a bicep curl, you've got you're done on your humeral something or other joint, joint. <laughs> um, you've got that tied up. You're going to pump blood into the bicep, and then but it's not going to be able to leave. Um, so it creates like a, a meta, meta, metabolic demand, metabolic stress on the muscle, which is an aspect of hypertrophy. So you can actually grow from it. It's less load. So if you've got an injury, it's a good idea to do. Um, I know from research that you actually you um, adapt to it very, very quickly. So I wouldn't do it for more than like four to six weeks, depending if you're still progressing. Um, and then I'll take it out and swap around. Opinions on reverse pyramid training. I think that's like 15, 8, 5, 8, 15. Uh, too much sets, too many sets. Would test an anavar be enough to get me a pro card? If you're talking about me, I hope so. Because I've still got room to go up in my test and up in my anavar, you know. Like I'll probably do fifty milligrams of fifty mils of an, uh, milligrams of anavar, uh, and two hundred fifty milligrams of test. But next time I could come, could come back at test and anavar again, but at higher doses, you know. So I don't know, but I'll probably I'll probably do other things. Bodybuilding as a vegan or vegetarian, yeah, no reason why not. <laughs> Favorite exercises for each muscle group, oof. Any kind of squat for legs, any kind of dumbbell press for shoulders any kind of dumbbell press for chest no an incline fly seated with your chest supported oh my god yes um and biceps and triceps whatever don't do those do cod liver tablets actually help your joints um they help with a lot of things they help with like your lipids cholesterol um, they help with your if you're natural like we know that your hormones are made pretty much based from cholesterol so you need um, some healthy fats in there. Um, omegas are good to protect heart, heart um, promote your LDL, HDL balance. Um, and then also, they could be some help in, in terms of joints, but is it going to be significant? If you've got a shit program and you're not doing things right, no, it's not. But if you're doing things right, you've got good form, yeah, it could help um, a little bit, um, along with other things. How to deal with shoulder impingement? Go see a physio. Sorry if this is blunt, by the way. Um, physio is no more than me. How to know when to pull back and the most effective method. In terms of pulling back, um, this guy's obviously talking about in terms of like a mini cut in an off season. When things get shit, when you start to feel rubbish, when you start to feel tired, when you're eating a lot of food, we're not talking 3,300 calories for you pussies out there. We're talking like 4,000 calories. Um, you're struggling to eat food. You're not, you know, you're not recovering as well. Digestion slipped. Maybe your body fat's creeping a bit over. That's pulling back. Pull back fast, six to eight weeks. Pull off six to eight kilos. And then go back up. Easy. Do you think training one muscle per week is enough? It's fine. Like, volume is the driver for hypertrophy. However, frequency allows more volume. If you take 20 sets on your chest, you do it in one day, on your Monday, how many of those sets are going to be effective? 20 sets. However, if on Monday you do 10 sets, and then Friday you do 20 sets, what's going to be more effective? the 10 sets on its own and then the 10 sets on its own because you've already recovered in between. This is where the frequency continuum comes in. It's not like, oh, you train your muscle more frequently, you're going to grow quicker. That's not necessarily the case. It's the case of being able to put more volume and recoverable volume into your training program. 
Um, so that's what I think about that. Do you use shorter rest times on isolation movements than compounds? Generally, I just go until I'm ready. Um, so compounds, it just happens to be that it takes a lot more time because it's a multi-joint movement, multi-muscle movement. Um, it is hard. Um, and you will tax your aerobic system, your cardiovascular system, and your muscular system a little bit more than, say, an isolation. So generally speaking, it would be less rest, but not for any specific reason. I go until, until I feel like I'm ready. Have you had any low, high estrogen side effects other than feeling gyno in the beginning? It wasn't gyno, it was tingling nipples. Gyno takes a while to form, and gyno is lumpy tissue. You're not going to um, get that from a few tingling nipples. But low, yeah, I feel like I feel like maybe my knees were getting a bit sore, but then also my feet have got flat, so my knees could hurt because of flat, and my estrogen is kind of low. I've actually just pushed my estrogen up, so I move my aromatized inhibitor dose, my aromidex dose, to every four days instead of every three days. Um, and so far, I don't really feel much difference. So, you know, it's only been two lots of uh, tablets I'm supposed to have since then, so, you know, it won't really come into a full effect after like another week or so, so I'll be able to give it better, a better impact on if I had low, low estrogen or not. How big of an importance have you found nutrient timing and food quality in in before your body composition? Um, I'm a big f I'm a big fan of the saying "you are what you eat," you know, like um, whatever you put in your body is generally um, the effect you're going to have on your body. If you know what I mean. So if you put McDonald's in your body, you're over time going to have a bad effect. However, if you put good quality ingredients over time, you're going to have a good effect. I think you can use nutrients more efficiently. So I think of if you took the calories in and macros of a Big Mac and matched them with you know whole ingredient, single ingredient food, I would I would hazard a guess. I don't know for sure, but I would hazard a guess that you would absorb more of the more of the nutrients from from the other food um, just because of being a little bit more bioavailable, a little bit more normal to what humans eat. Um, but yeah, like like a calorie deficit is going to work for sure. You can eat whatever you want on that calorie deficit. But I definitely think quality of nutrition will play a part for sure. In terms of the bioavailability, absorption, all that kind of stuff. Uh, thoughts on aggressive sh uh, cutting? Yeah, I'm a fan of it. Um, no problem at all. What to eat in order to build mass? A calorie surplus. <laughs> uh, just regular protein feedings, prioritize your carbohydrates, eat in a calorie surplus. Calorie surplus is when you are gaining weight. That's it. That's literally it. Lower back loading. Um, I assume you mean how to. Um, it's person dependent. I know some people, AJ Morris, perfect example, can load his fucking erectors like no man's business. Um, I cannot, so I don't. Um, so it's very, very individual. It would have to be a process of putting a little bit in, adding a bit more in, adding a bit more, and finding where the balance is. We're coming towards the end of these questions, but there's still no. I lied. There's still about five more. <laughs> um, how do you improve your mind-to-muscle connection, especially when you're weaker body parts? Slow it down. Slow down the movement. Um, pick more cable things. Um, why? Because cables load you from the bottom of the movement versus a dumb dumbbell, um, where eventually that 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 loading stops at some point. Um, do things single arm, um, but generally just slow things down. And think about the muscle. It's all about thinking um, about the muscle. Um, what exercise is best for your upper lats? Nothing in in particular. Um, whatever you can connect to most, or whatever the if you take a, a dumbbell row, if you take a lat pull down, your lat still contracts from the bottom of the lat first. So 
you still go through that movement you just load a little little differently um, in length and short range range of position in terms of lat so there's not too much difference it's just what you will connect to both and what you, what you can just think Oof, yeah I feel that one you know that's my general advice for that what was your current test level or our running test I just had mine tested I was on 42 nanomoles per liter of 250 milligrams testosterone every week why do body fillers prefer two cut to milk thistle I have no idea I'm really really sorry using CBD on a cut yep even it would probably be a better a better that probably make more sense because you're more sympathetic on a cut so you'd want to make yourself more parasympathetic with things like cbd ashwagandha um, that can help put, put you into that recovery state what brand of test do you get and where to buy it from i can't tell you where to buy it from because that's illegal um it's called magnus pharma how does elite hrv track you so elite hrv how heart rate availability is essentially the micro differences be between heartbeats so as you go boom 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 the difference between those heartbeats is what heart rate variability is so you can actually detect how fatigued someone is based off those um so you put a polar h10 it's quite an expensive one i think you might be able to get cheaper ones heart rate monitor around your waist um or around your sternum and it just counts your heart rate and it will just do all the calculation for you why should i eat high fats on a rest day fat is going to store into fat unfortunately that's not how it works um it's calories in versus calories out along with now nah, we'll just leave it at that you know we're just talking general basic here fat does not store as fat fat is essential fat is essential for hormones fat is, is essential for sexual function fat is essential for just living brain health heart health um everything like that but it's got to be obviously healthy fats not necessarily uh grease from your chip fat um cooker um you don't have to eat high fat on a rest day um that's just how I get my fats in a little bit easier that's it uh, alternating temperature hot showers um, combination max goal is maximum hypertrophy so in terms of hypertrophy and recovery there is a I'm not going to say it affects hypertrophy I'm going to say it may affect um, it may affect uh, inflammation recovery a little bit but this is based off like very very cold like ice bath type things versus so and saunas so saunas they release heat shock proteins which can actually help maintain like a healthy water balance healthy intracellular water balance um, it can aid can aid metabolism and can aid um, fat loss and, and muscle gain um, but uh, this is probably in untrained individuals from this because this is from what I've read from a study I think it was untrained individuals so it may be a little bit different in trained individuals um, but in terms of hot cow uh, hot 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 and cold cold um vasorestriction um can promote blood flow when you do get out that's why you go bright red because there's just loads of blood flowing into the area trying to heat it back up that can promote uh removal of lactic acid can promote healthy oxygenated blood going to the area to promote recovery um, and then also you feel autonomic nervous system uh or you're just your nervous system in general moving from hot to cold can basically like train your body to fight off infections in very very layman's terms um, you activate certain white blood cells when you go into like a, a state of shock like in ice um, and can be quite healthy for the long run look at Wim Hof um, and other things like that if you want to research more um, my my perspective on progression things or hobbies that help you through prep um, peace of mind time to myself cardio is the one for me when I get up to like an hour of cardio a day, you know, that's an hour of good thinking time. Yeah, I've got a podcast on, you know, maybe I've got a YouTube video on, but I'm thinking a lot to myself. And I think that mental clarity, that time alone each day, um, it really helps your mental clarity and your self-motivation. But really the progression just helps, helps me, helps me through prep.
do you think men's physique should have weight limits like classic physique? Um, I think it'd be so different. I always find weight weights a little bit difficult because you look at some people and you think, like, you look at Ryan Terry. He's literally like he's going to be like fifteen kilos lighter than me on stage. I swear he's like one hundred and eighty pounds or something, which is like seventy nine kilos. Jeremy Bundeo is like eighty one kilos on stage or something like that, you know. And I think I'm eighty five and I'm half his size. So if they put a weight cap on men's physique at like what ninety kilos, like I'm already aware, but I'll, I'll be a bit, be way above that. And Jeremy Bundeo would be nine kilos below that. So it's difficult to put it on 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 classic. Um, Anyway, I think I think classic probably works a bit better because they they compare it to height, but because there's no height category, it means it could be a little bit more difficult. Last question, you'd be glad to know. I'd be bored of my voice by now. Any tips for making a harsh mini cut deficit and not feel like hell? Um, remember the goal; it shouldn't be like hell anyway. Um, make sure that you're um, you're making sure that you're progressing everything accordingly, um, and just focus on nutrient dense food prioritize your, your your training windows eat protein because it's more satiating it's got a higher thermic effect of feeding um yeah you can use you can use low calorie drinks if you want to to make it a little bit easier but if it's a short one i think just deal with it um and, and get through it i'm going to leave it there guys um i appreciate you all so much for for dropping by for dropping me your questions um i can't appreciate you enough um don't forget to like or subscribe and I'll see you very, very soon in another podcast. Peace, everybody.